Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Many of the words we heard today from Malachi, from Jesus, well, how shall we characterize them? Disturbing? Unsettling? Frightening? Blazing fire? And utter destruction. The destruction of the temple. False preachers and prophets. Wars and tumults. Earthquakes, famines and pestilences. Terrors in the heavens and on the earth. Persecution and death. Jerusalem surrounded by armies and then trampled underfoot. Nations in distress, people perplexed and fainting with fear. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Coming to a world which quite honestly seems to be at that point of hanging on by a thread. Many of these things have already happened. The temple was destroyed and Jerusalem trampled underfoot, although it has since been rebuilt. The city, that is, not the temple. Earthquakes and famines continue. We just came out of a two-year pestilence. Wars and tumults end in one place only to pop up in another. Nations in distress, people either not knowing what to think or hyperventilating in fear. And the wrong finger on the wrong button could quickly cut that thread the world is hanging on. For hundreds of years, thousands of years, people have seen all these things and thought, this is it. This must be it. But so far, no Son of Man coming in a cloud with power And great glory. Some people among the Thessalonians though. Thought Jesus had already come again. They missed it. They missed him. So now what? They thought. Nothing really matters now. Does it? If that's true. So Paul writes to reassure them. Oh no, Jesus hasn't returned yet. There's still a lot of terrible, horrible, no good, very bad things still to happen. Okay, he didn't say it that way. Even though it was true. But with all this going on, he does say this. Do this. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead. That in these perilous, uncertain, perhaps frightening times, the truth of God's word be proclaimed in all the world to help those who don't know what to think. And that people not be deceived or misled by untruths or half-truths. And for this truth especially to spread that in the midst of all this, The Lord is faithful. 
And he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. That no matter what happens, we have a father and a savior who does what he says always. That when there's nothing in this world you can count on, you can count on him. Therefore, Paul prays for the Thessalonians. May the Lord, this faithful Lord, this establishing and guarding Lord, direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. That in the midst of all this trouble and turmoil, your hearts, your eyes, your faith be directed to Him. But not to a God far away, but to where is the reason for our confidence and faith? To the cross. To the God who would do that. Who would come into this messed up, self-destructive world and shed his blood for you. To save you and a world that seems to be falling apart at the seams. For the cross was the culmination of God's faithfulness. The fulfillment of all the promises of the Old Testament. Which promise of his failed? Which wasn't fulfilled? Not a single one. And not a single day has gone by when you have lived apart from his care and love. Maybe you've known it. Maybe you haven't. Maybe it has seemed as if God was not caring and loving at all. And yet he was. There all the time, working for you and your salvation in small ways, big ways, and even to the point of sending his son to die for your sins and the sins of the whole world. The Lord is faithful indeed. And steadfast, as Paul then said, which is what we need in this world, This world that is constantly changing. It was in Paul's day. It is in ours. What we thought was sure isn't. What we thought would last doesn't. What we thought we could count on let us down. Life flies by and who knows what tomorrow will bring. But the word of the Lord endures forever. That is what is sure and steadfast. That is what we can count on when there's nothing we can count on. In every bad day, week, month, or year. In every little difficulty or big bill. Every temporary inconvenience or life-altering accident or diagnosis. In every anxious day and sleepless night. You have a loving Father who knows and a steadfast Savior who went through it too. Who went through all the suffering of this world and life and rose victorious that you do too. So that whatever comes and however difficult, it will not 
cannot defeat you who are in Christ Jesus and in his care. So maybe, as Jesus said, the the fig tree is in full leaf and the kingdom of God is near. As I said, people for hundreds and thousands of years have thought so, and one of these days we're going to be right. But until that day, what? Until that day, how shall we live in such a world? We hear about that today, too. Jesus, first of all, mentions two ditches for us to avoid. The first is one of denial, of dissipation and drunkenness. That is, to drink and party and have fun and try to forget about all the things that we see happening, all the signs. The other, the opposite ditch, is to get so wrapped up in all the trials and troubles and tribulations, all the cares of this life, that we get crushed under them. See no way out and give up. But actually, both are ways of giving up, aren't they? And obviously, neither of those is where we want to be. Neither of those is helpful. Neither of those will help us or others. And how can we give up on a Savior who never gives up on us? who is faithful and true to every word, every promise, who not only died on the cross for you, but then washed you clean with the blood he shed there for you in your baptism, and who speaks that same word of forgiveness to you here that he spoke there from the cross, and who feeds you with the body and blood that he took on in his birth to hang there on the cross. And who at his ascension told you, I'm not leaving you. Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. All these things, the answers to our prayers, how Jesus gives us the strength to escape, the strength to stand firm, All these things enabling us to stand before the Son of Man at His coming, but not only stand, but stand with confidence and joy. But life isn't just about getting through, hanging on. All these things also enable us to live our lives now in a way fitting for believers, suitable for who we are, Confident that our Father is providing for us each and every day. Paul uses a particularly apt word for that in the words that we heard today. He calls it quietness. Do your work quietly. What does that mean? Well, first and foremost, and perhaps obvious, is It's the opposite of running your mouth, which seems to be a particular problem in our day and age. But it was in Paul's day too. 
Then and now, people yammering on about everything, having an opinion on every subject, hurting others with their words, and not caring whether what they said is true or not. It doesn't matter as long as they're heard. Paul calls them busybodies, who were all talk and no action, who just stirred up trouble and strife and didn't lift a finger to help. That's not right or good or helpful, not why we're here. So to that, Paul said, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Which sounds pretty harsh. But all talk and no work, as attractive as that may sound, has its consequences. Jesus knew that. He knew that forgiveness and mercy are not just words, but would cost him his life. And he laid down his life for you. Paul knew that. Paul knew that Jesus had paid his whole debt of sin and preached that. But he also imitated Christ and laid down his life for those he preached to. He worked for his own support so that the Christians who couldn't pay him wouldn't have to go without the gospel. And you know it too. That Jesus backed up his words and deeds and paid the debt of your sin, all of it, freeing you. Freeing you now to bear the cost of others. Imitating Paul who imitated Christ. Not just to talk a good game, but to feed people in need. To help women who are pregnant and in need. To support the elderly who can't take care of things like they used to. To give rides. To pray for those in need. To go out of your way. And you don't need to crow about these things and tell everyone what you're doing. But just as Christ bore your burden. And Paul bore the Thessalonians. So we who are in Christ are always bearing one another's burdens. And if we're not, well, that is not a life in Christ, the one who bore us and all our sins. That's why Paul is so definite and says what he does to us today, that we not fall into that trap, that we not fall into a vain and empty life that is all talk, even if it's good and pious talk. A life that sounds good but does nothing. That speaks of love but shows no love. Luther said the same thing when he said, yes, faith alone saves, but faith is never alone. Faith is always active in love. Because faith is quietly confident in Christ. Confident in all that he has done for us, so we rest in his love and love others. We can rest from our labors to save ourselves and instead serve others quietly 
at peace, not needing recognition, but in gratitude. And especially as we see the signs. But know this too, quietness and silence are not the same thing. Quietness does speak. Yes, actions are louder than words, but sometimes words are needed too. Quietness speaks, but not attention-seeking words of self-recognition, but words of encouragement, words of forgiveness. Quietness sings and prays. Quietness speaks of Christ. Quietness is happy to listen, quick to hear, Slow to speak. Doesn't need to set the world on fire. Because quietness is confident that the Lord will act and will fulfill his every word. This quietness was Christ's. And so it is yours. Jesus was quiet when Satan tempted him in the wilderness, yet used God's word to fight. Jesus was quiet in the face of many accusers and when they condemned him to the cross, yet also prayed for his mockers and crucifiers' forgiveness. Jesus didn't have to shout down those who shouted him down. Quietness is confidence. It is loudness, brashness, babbling, gossiping that is not confident, that is nervous and anxious and needs to be heard and seen. Christ in his quietness looked only to God for vindication and life and was not put to shame. In quietness, he was raised on the third day. This quietness of Christ is your quietness now. His confidence, your confidence in the work of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for you that no matter how messed up this world is or becomes, you have a God above it all. No matter how close to the end we are, you have a Savior and a promised future in Him. No matter what each day brings, it brings with it the love of your Father, the forgiveness of your Savior, and the strength of the Spirit. The Lord is faithful. His word endures forever. When there's nothing in this world you can count on, you can count on that. So until that day when the Son of Man comes in a cloud with power and great glory, live in quiet confidence. Don't give up on your Savior who does not give up on you, who bore your burdens and still does. That in His strength and love and mercy and grace, we bear one another's burdens in our families our churches, our communities.
Not for the world's acclaim or applause. That's unlikely anyway. But because you have a father who sees in secret and a savior in whose nail-scarred hands your life is safe and secure. And when he does appear, he who rescued you, who established you and guarded you in this world and life, you will meet him, as Malachi says, like calves leaping from the stall. And you, he will take you up with himself to the life and glory he has for you and all his children. He is steadfast and faithful and will surely do it. So as we wait for that day, as we see the signs, do not fear. Do not be anxious. Yes, the day is surely drawing near as we sang. But as we also sang, rejoice, rejoice, believers, you beloved of the Lord. The bridegroom is at hand. So rejoice and pray in quiet confidence. Come, Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now the peace of God